and welcome to this special end of season finale to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and today we have something a little different as we talk about friendship with Olympian track cyclist Victoria Pendleton and her best mate Sophie Everard. Sophie's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go and do this. And I'm like, no, you don't do this. You need to look after yourself. And she's the same with me. I can't believe we've made almost 40 episodes so far and we've yet to talk about the importance of friendship in our lives and on our mental health. So here's a chance to rectify that for best friends everywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, here's the show. So Victoria and Sophie met a few years ago now when Victoria was still cycling and they hit it off immediately. It's almost like you already know that person, like you've met in a previous life or something. There's something about the way they carry themselves, the way they sort of come across to you that you immediately know. And I guess I don't, I I hang around a lot of boys being in sport and Sometimes I found it really hard to relate to to women because I was always a bit of a tomboy. I've got a twin brother. I spend my time training with guys. And I was like, I want to hang out with like chicks that are really like confident and hardcore and up to do some sort of sports and challenges. And Sophie's like, yes. I actually thought, oh gosh, I hope she likes me because I'm quite a fan already. (laughs) I'm quite a big fan already. I've just met her. You thought, you, you thought that about me. How do you think I felt? <laughs> Isn't it weird? Because you get that insecurity of, oh, I still get it with some of my best friends now. Like, oh, I hope I wasn't annoying today. I hope they went home thinking they had a nice time. It's funny we all hold those insecurities. It's true. And I think it's nice to have almost that sort of girl crush feeling where you really like admire a friend. And I think it's so great to learn from friendships, um, especially in your sort of like formative years as an adult. And I feel like you're still changing and learning so much um, because life gets heavier and like bigger things happen so it's so nice to sort of have friendships where you feel like you're really learning from someone you think is amazing and brilliant which I think about Vicky oh Vicky's swooning swooning hearing that (laughs) this happens we'll start crying in a minute (laughs) oh I hope so make a great episode please do cry please cry um now obviously you bonded over sport and fitness too Victoria we know what you've done. You've done a couple of gold medals and that, a couple of Olympic sort of accolades, whatever, all very normal stuff. Total underachiever. Um, <laughs> Sophie, tell us about your company because I found out about this. I actually saw Victoria this week and we were talking about the retreats that you run. So tell us about, about your company and, and how Great. it started. So I started a brand about six years ago called Mad to Live, um, which is rooted in empowering women through adventure and sport and female camaraderie and sort of having like 
like a wild boldness and fearlessness that sometimes a lid gets put on in day-to-day life. Um, so the retreats, Mad to Live retreats, are sort of the physical manifestation of that brand and they're global retreats, um, multiple locations worldwide just for women and we go out on epic adventures. And yeah, as I said, they're sort of rooted in exploring the outdoors. Um, it may be realizing you're stronger than you realize because I think those sports really teach you a lot about that and about your own bravery and courage and also just having a rad time and meeting other awesome chicks making great new friends it's never too late to make amazing new friendships um, and sometimes we feel that it's hard to maybe as an adult um, and often we can feel lonely and I mean from doing this company I've made so many amazing new girlfriends um, and it, I always get these sort of pinch me moments when I see people make really great friendships and they go on to travel with each other and yeah so Victoria's come on a couple which has been awesome got into a few scrapes together shredded lots of waves I mean we've had lots of scrapes really I was sort of thinking on the sweaty Betty photo shoot actually um so cleaning up Victoria's bleeding bottom because she fell off a skateboard (laughs) and she's so proud so I just saw her running across like the Lanzarote tundra basically I could see like the blood coming off I was like stop stop Um, but she's so badass and hardcore she's like it's fine but she had taken off half her butt and elbow and leg and um, yeah and then you know we've been (laughs) charging around motorcycles in Indonesia and surfing in Costa Rica um, riding horses together, mm. climbing. I mean, uh, you're not true best mates if you haven't picked gravel out of someone's bum. <laughs> yes, Do you know what I mean? Agreed. It's a I true mean, marker. It was. It was fairly. Yeah. It was. It was fairly bad. Um, I got some quite high speed on like this road <laughs> on this horrible wobbly old skateboard, <laughs> and then I fell into like a bush full of thorns. So right. <laughs> gravel and Sophie was there washing the blood off with um, and then the worst thing is she had to then model the shorts that I was wearing oh nice it was ingrained with my own flesh and blood but not not a problem for Sophie she was like it's fine fine. sod it it's not a friendship unless you're wearing your mates yeah bloody clothes soiled clothing Mm, lovely (laughs) (laughs) wonderful she was okay though listeners she was fine she's hardcore she's Victoria Pendleton she took it in her stride Um, I love what your company's about because I do think we get so comfortable in the modern world with first of all being indoors is a huge problem you know if people work in offices or um, are looking after kids or elderly people whatever but are based inside we do lose so much of just like getting out in the elements and feeling that on our skin and, and also like very basic things like experiencing different temperatures we get so sort of mollycoddled by being in a heated house or wearing coats and actually to get outside and expose yourself to all of that is just so wonderfully beneficial when did you sort of realized that you you had that inherent need to sort of be outdoors get grubby move your body feel your blood pumping well uh, i know what sophie's gonna say because i've heard this before but um we i think i mean i grew up outdoors like someone that's always been doing sport or in the garden or i've always had dirt under my fingernails that's kind of like the way that i'm lucky enough to have been brought up you know lots of time in the garden in the hedgerows making rope swings across ditches kind of this is kind of how I'm lucky enough, you know, to have these experiences to sort of that I've continued to try and nurture. And the weird thing is when when Sophie set up her, her retreats, her Mad to Live retreats, and I visited them for the first time, it was like me going back to my childhood in some wow. ways. I was like, 
this is the stuff I like doing. This is it. And I kind of had forgotten for a while because I was a scout and adventure scout on all these things. And we used to do a lot of outdoor pursuits and being outdoors, doing kind of extreme sports, sports that really require a focus and an element of survival in some respects, whether it's perceived or real. Because <laughs> surfing's dangerous, you know, yeah, climbing. Yeah. When you're climbing, you're not, you know, attached to a rope, but you're like, oh, can I reach that? Oof, it's high. There's an, you know, there's an element of being in the moment. And that feeling in nature is something that is really underrated. It makes you realise how resilient you are mm. and how capable you are. And if you don't push yourself into that environment, and these tend to be outdoorsy things, mm. you never really truly get to feel and experience what's on offer. And I think that's a big part of your strengthening your own psychology in many ways. Mm. I think so. I think we all need to do it more. I think it's a huge problem. And I think especially, mm. I'm not being patronising saying this, but for young people who have grown up with phones Mm. whereas you know I remember not having a phone Um, I think even more so we need to push getting outdoors and just getting grubby and Mm. feeling temperatures and being out in the elements is just Mm. so important it's so underrated and sort of thinking about when that became instilled in me I feel like it's comprised by a whole sort of identity and blueprint through life and I grew up in Greece and like Victoria was sort of like running around the outdoors always and I can just remember having sort of burning red cheeks with sweat and happiness and mud everywhere and scampering after my dad hanging out of trees playing in the ocean and um I also had sort of a a little brief spell my father passed away when I was a teenager and I was sort of left feeling very depressed but couldn't really understand it because I was so young I thought why do I feel this way I couldn't really understand it there wasn't too much literature about it um so I felt rotten for a few years as you as you would and then I sort of thought about everything that made me feel so amazing and charged and you feel so alive and like burning with life and happiness fundamentally and I thought about the sports I loved as a child and the feelings of being in nature so revisited those sports those activities that made me feel good and um they had a profound effect on me and my healing um and really brought me back to life um and Victoria and I both um ambassadors for an amazing charity called the wave project and it's sort of like the proof is in the pudding so everything is evidence-based with the wave project the children who are referred onto the program are referred by doctors and social workers and are enrolled on a surf therapy program so they're often suffering from anxiety or depression some physical disabilities as well and being in the outdoors doing a sport like surfing where you're taught about your own tenacity and resilience um connecting with the ocean being in the outdoors how good mother nature makes you feel i mean thousands of children have been treated so it's all results driven wonderful Mm -hmm. and there is something so magical about being in the sea Mm. you know i live on the outskirts of london and i don't make it to the sea often but even if i just sort of catch a glimpse from and stood you know just moments away from a little bit of surf there's just some sort of electric electric charge that just hits you and you just feel better yeah it's the power i think it's the power of mother nature in many ways and when you the the vastness of it i think Mm. as well there's something it's about being human and looking at the ocean there will always be something there that fills you with kind of wonder and you're impressed by it Mm. the, the sort of the force you can't beat it it's going to be you know it's it's something very very special and I personally when I was at my lowest and had a a horrible patch last year and I was diagnosed with severe depression and after deciding to take myself on a solo surf trip to Costa Rica 
I felt so much better. Some days I was dragging myself and the board to the ocean, like literally tears rolling down my face because I hadn't slept and I'd had really vivid dreams and I was just feeling horrible. My coach was like, get out there. And then once you're paddling through a rogue set and you see these waves come from you think, I need to get over it, I need to get over it before it, it takes me out. Suddenly you're floating on the shoulder watching the waves, watching the sunrise or the sunset and going, just feeling the, the movement, the power, it kind of turned me around. Like I have firsthand experience of how, how Mother Nature really helped me get myself back on track. It's so wonderful. And I love the fact that you had to almost, it's the case in you know many situations, not just with physical exercise, but you need to sometimes do the moving, moving your body bit before your brain gets involved and starts saying, don't do this, don't bother, be, you know, stay in bed. You need to sort of get moving or get out of the house and then just sort of, and kind of try and mitigate all those silly thoughts and then deal with the mental stuff later down the line. A hundred percent agree. I mean, I, when I was at my lowest, I found it hard to get out of bed. Mm. And I struggled massively with the frustration of like, you know, I'm, I've won Olympic gold medals. What am I doing here? Do something. And just couldn't quite get it together. And it wasn't until I really forced myself to get exercising again, to get moving, to take myself off to a new environment, to be in nature, living in the jungle, watching huge rain, you know, thunderstorms rain in the rainforest come down and just kind of being in that moment away from all the stuff going on at home. I actually, that was the only time I started to heal. But it's also hard because everyone wants to wrap you in cotton wool and be like, be kind to yourself and be patient. And I was like, yeah, it's all very well. But until I started moving, until I started exercising and getting myself out there, I was static. I was in like a a horrible sort of static place mm. where just not feeling any progression in, in, in the way I was feeling. But yeah, it's a strange thing. I've absolutely moving. been there. I've, been, I've felt that numbness, mm. uh, overwhelming numbness where... I guess um, you don't even know if you're feeling low or or anything. It's just nothingness, which is the pits. It's just horrendous. And like you say, getting out and just doing something with your body. And it doesn't even have to be anything prescribed or a class. Just walking, just getting outdoors. It's accessible to everyone. Not everyone might have access to a the jungle and the waves but you can go for a walk in your local park yeah. go for a run like meet some friends for a little workout whatever it is that makes you move and smile everyone has different things that makes them feel alive and good and gives them some I don't know I don't know if I'd even use the word clarity but you just sort of can forget other things and the noise and you just feel good and enjoy yourself and your body and realize that you're you're good as you are and it's almost meditative and cathartic I have a lot of release when I do sports like surfing um I think when you get really into those sports as well it's like you sort of burn for it and need it because it makes you feel that amazing I think I saw this quote that designer Diane Furstenberg said in her autobiography. She said her biggest life regret was that she wasn't a surfer because really? they looked like they experienced the most freedom and peace. Wow, that's very Which cool. Which is I true, I think. Um, but I have these moments. I actually had one recently. I'd been on a really busy work trip to Portugal for a surf competition and had to fly back to Morocco for a retreat. So I was pretty knackered and admittedly I'd been up partying all night. <laughs> 
then I had to get on an early plane and was sort of a bit discombobulated back in Morocco like oh my god um, but then saw the waves and literally just grabbed a board and ran out and I was just I just remember lying there and I was singing just like lying back on my board in the sun and the water was so cool and crisp caught some waves and I was like ugh like heaven do you heaven. know what I mean if you're by the sea never don't get in it just yeah. get in it I remember once being on this site group trip somewhere in, and it was only in sort of France and the the weather was okay and the sea was quite choppy and I knew yeah. it'd be freezing everyone got in and I was about four months pregnant and I thought that's my get out of jail card I could just be like sorry guys I thought you know what it's probably good for me good for the baby just get in mm. I went in went in a bit of sort of like went off a rock so I was out beyond where I could stand up and just sort of bobbed along and it was the most invigorating mm-hmm. sort of soul reviving life affirming experience for only about 10 minutes but it was just exactly what I needed it was so good it's amazing and there's actually so many groups in London now who are doing those sort of cold water dips mm. in the open water spots especially like Hampstead Heath yeah I think there's a new one opening actually I was reading about last night um, but yeah like the effects of water on you physically and mentally cerebrally how good it makes you feel and nature as well so I think you know it is accessible whatever it is you enjoy it can be so good for your well-being mm. and your balance and having a form of release or a cathartic release mm. um so i sort of i'm quite strict with myself as well i mean fortunately with my work i get to do the sports i love a lot i don't know where i'd be without them <laughs> mm. um but even in my spare time it's so important it's almost like as important as breathing um you know having those times to do the movement that i love and also sometimes there's a stillness in it maybe i'll just paddle out and just lie back or you know go for a very very chilled walk it's not all sort of like high energy and craziness it is a lot of the time (laughs) because we are like that but you know those moments are so fundamentally important to me and i think if more people were to maybe do that and realise the benefits of the outdoors and of movement, um, I think it would be a brilliant thing. Mm, it's waking your body up, isn't it? I mean, I I haven't got any access to any water unless I was going to dare to get in the River Thames, which I'm not, <laughs> no, down the road. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, but I've just started having a freezing, freezing shower after my normal shower. From mm. I've built up to a minute and I love it. At first it was hell on earth. I'd do eight seconds and go, this is shit. I'm not doing this tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But I feel so much better from doing it. So every day, like you, that discipline of mm. this is non-negotiable. I'm having my normal, nice, relaxing hot shower. And then it is going on freezing, whether I like it or not. And it, there's just something about it that physiologically wakes me up, makes me feel invigorated. And I think it's helping my immune system. I'm no scientist, mm-hmm. but there's something good going on there. I haven't yeah. been ill since I've been doing it. And it's just that your body learning to be resilient, I guess. Yeah, need to check out the Wim Hof. I love Wim Hof. Yes. This is why I got the idea. Yes. yes. Wim Hof, the Iceman. I would really like to meet that guy. I would. We should go. We should all go. Let's go. Let's all go. Oh God, we've, we've taken it too far. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys might be going without me. You're coming um, with us. <laughs> Well, but he he does crazy That's stuff it. like you have to sit in a bucket of ice for like god knows how long but That's maybe okay. we should he is a great great person to research if you're listening you don't know much about yeah. Wim Hof mm. he's called the Iceman he does extreme things with ice and climbs Mount Kilimanjaro with a you know a pair of shorts on but yeah. just amazing and the physiological benefits of what he does are it's, huge I think it's only people are going to become more and more aware of what you know the the impact of that the science behind it because yeah. the evidence he has and the way he's kind of pitching the whole the using the ice cold water and stuff like that that is it it can't you can't deny that it's not 
it doesn't have an effect. So very interesting. Let's go and see him. That's so exciting. Oh my God, what have I let myself in for? Rewind I'm conversation. For that too. All right. Yes. <laughs> I'll DM him later. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, Victoria, you touched on a moment ago the fact that you'd had a particularly low experience, which was triggered by an attempted climb of Everest. And mm. medically, what you went through ended up being a trigger for you to experience depression. Mm. Would you be happy talking yes, about that? Yes, of course. So um, I reached the base of, of sort of Camp 3, the bottom of the Lhotse face on my attempt at Everest. It was, we had to rush the acclimatisation a little bit because the weather window opened super early in the season and you may only have three days to summit um, Everest so you have to kind of go with what whatever mother nature offers mm. you so I wasn't quite adapting quick enough to keep up with the adjusted pace and as a consequence I so- started suffering from hypoxia which basically is a lack of oxygen in your system and an inability to, to deal with the altitude and it causes swelling on the brain you get this headache in the back of your head where your brain is, brain is actually swollen and is squishing down your um, spinal column which oh is a bit God. average but <clears throat> some of the knock-on effects of experiencing hypoxia can be post-traumatic stress disorder anxiety and depression um, and I think that there definitely was it was a contributing factor to, to sort of the onset of my sort of mental health issues on my return and I was also going through a horrible divorce process I was dealing with all that I thought I had it all boxed and under control in my mind um, I'd got you know had some pretty bad relationship situations to deal with and it just overflowed I just reached my limit mm. I, re- I I wasn't sure whether I could stay where I was living so I was looking for somewhere to live I was unsettled I didn't know what the future was going to hold it was a failure in terms of my my challenge to climb Everest and I just felt I just couldn't contain the way I was feeling there was just too much going on I reached my limit and I, I actually didn't even realize I was suffering from anxiety I was at a friend's house and I was helping them move some furniture around and stuff like that days after I returned just normal normal life mm. and I started my heart was racing and I felt really a bit shaky and I was like I don't know what's going on here I feel like I've just had like a shot of adrenaline or something. And then I realized actually that was the onset of me having panic attacks, like anxiety was building and building. Um, But I hadn't even recognized it. And it just spiraled down from that point. And I went to see my GP and he prescribed me, you know, the usual Prozacs and sleeping pills. And then I saw a specialist and I was on tranquilizers and all sorts of things. Um, And none of it really made me feel good in fact it made me feel worse because I couldn't feel anything and that numbness you mentioned Mm. it briefly earlier feeling like numb and static was like a prison for me yeah an absolute prison for me um and you know I'm lucky enough that I had incredible friends and family around to support me and you know like Sophie having having people that were really could just 
speak when I wanted to speak. I, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of shut myself off from the world a bit and just sort of show me that love and support that I'm very, very lucky to have. It's difficult because it's the loneliest place in the world when you feel that way. And then as you, and you, you it feels like it's never going to pass. Mm. And when it does pass, you wonder how you ever felt that way. And do you think there's been, obviously, your need to get out there, mm. move your body, set mm. yourself goals and complete them is a, is a big part of who you are and in your DNA. Massive. Would you say that's helped with all of those sort of overwhelming feelings and getting back to feeling like you? A hundred percent. It took a while for me to have the energy and motivation to, to actually put myself in those situations and to physically work. I stopped eating for a while um, as a form of self-punishment and also just because I felt you know, the anxiety and depression, I just had no appetite. Uh, so I let my, I kind of got myself physically in, in quite a bad, bad way um, to a point where they wanted to admit me to hospital. And I was a bit, I had no energy. Like I needed to, needed to feed my body in order to allow myself to have the, the ability to do the things that I needed to do to get myself out. So it was on, I was in a little bit of a vicious cycle for a while. Um, but then as soon as I kind of started on that journey, I took myself to Costa Rica against everyone's recommendations. My family were like, you are kidding me. Sophie's Shiny. like, it's a great idea. <laughs> Sophie's like, that sounds like a great idea. And Monty, yeah. actually, the guy who, who was the, the guy that owned the B&B and was surf coach out there, he was like, get your ass over here now. Mm. Because he'd also knew what it's like to have feelings of feeling low to some degree. And he kind of appreciated that a bad divorce situation and all this. You need to sort of help yourself out of it. And that was the start of it. So that, so that trip was a real pivotal moment for I you. I spent a month in the, living in the jungle. Mm. and it made such a difference I was eating like fresh clean healthy food mm. vegan diet I was surfing every day it was it, you're just surrounded by nature and green and beauty that you can't stop and just be appreciative of the moment and show and, and like you can't you can't open your eyes in Costa Rica and not think, wow, yeah. this, like the nature, the trees, the ocean, the sunsets, the sunrises, everything is, you can't not, you know, take a step back and, and feel that love for that moment. And, and did you find it easy to sort of bring that feeling home? Because mm. obviously when you're there, you can be in the moment, you haven't yeah. got to deal with what's going on. How did you make that transition back to just going back into the madness and the everyday life you were experiencing? Well, I was really nervous about coming home because I'd felt like I'd improved so much. I thought, what if I go back and I'll Ooh. just, you know, go back to how it was? But then I was like, I'm determined to keep this feeling. I've got to keep on with the fitness. I've got to keep eating healthily. I've got to feed my body, nourish my soul, spend a lot more time with the friends. Now I have more energy and, and, and sort of embrace that love and support system that they offer me. And I just know, I felt like I had the ability at that point to take it by the horns of it. You know what I mean? Like I had the strength. I'd built enough strength to think, right, I can do this now. Mm. Um, I don't mean I'm 100% confident, but I feel 80% confident that I can do this now, which yeah. is a lot more than I went going out there. Yeah, I think um, I'm finding it personally inspiring because I think you do need 
a pivotal moment where you make a big change or you give yourself the space. And I think my problem is I never give myself the space to do it. I mean, it's hard because I've got a busy house and work's busy, but I, I still get that adrenaline panic attack thing all the time. And it can be debilitating to the oh, point yeah. where I can't be at work or, you know, whatever it is. And I have to really keep a check on that. And if I get to overwhelm, that's the first thing that I know will happen, especially in the middle of the night, all night long, so I can't sleep and it's the pits. Especially women. We're such phenomenal creatures, aren't we? I'm not mm-hmm. even a mother, but I think about mothers who are having, you know, a busy career as well, also juggling, you know, fitness and everything. Um we do so much and it's actually very easy to push ourselves to the point of exhaustion yeah. and then past that where you might be feeling symptoms of anxiety. Um, and I've had that too. And then actually last year, um, after a very busy working period, also a bad breakup, other personal things going on, I was sort of left feeling like a shell as well. Um, and sort of spent some time reflecting, was thinking about the importance of sort of boundaries um and like not allowing myself to maybe reach those points you have to be sort of strict with yourself mm, i need to do no, this. that's that's one commitment too many no that's one step too many. yeah i'm awful at that yeah it's really really hard if i'm honest it's taken me or probably my entire life to be able to begin to do it because mm. especially when you're kind of a go-getter or you do have a lot of energy it's quite hard to sometimes sort of I wouldn't even call it maybe put a lid on it but it's just conserving some of yourself mm. otherwise you'll it will all go out and you'll be left sort of as a shell. Um, And I sort of made some quite strict decisions and it served me quite well. And it's sort of within a work capacity, romantic, personal, and also with the body as well. So I sort of tend to push yourself when you're feeling low. Oh, I'll go do some savage hit class or do this and that. (laughs) And actually that's the worst thing you can do for your nervous system. Mm. And I think Vic Vic and I probably both do that because we're both kind of animals in that Mm. respect. But Mm. it's good to take a step back and just really listen to what it is that your body and mind, because they're so inherently intertwined, need. Mm. And actually, I think Sophie and I are quite good at keeping each other in check about <laughs> are that. Are you? So Sophie, how does that Sophie's, work? Like, Sophie's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go and do yeah. this. And I'm like, no, you don't do this. You need to look after yourself. And she's the same with You've me. So we keep, week. yeah, I've done this this week with her. We, um, we literally keep each other in check because it's, it's such an easy default. I'm, you know, I need to do more. I need to almost punish yourself sometimes Mm. and you're like what are you doing you will know you need to look after yourself and Mm. I think this is something that I've learned from from my experience over the last sort of year and a half is it's the recognition it's the recognition of trying to judge where you're at right now and you know like I have days where I'm really unproductive and I'm just like wow I had a list of so many things to do and I've done maybe one percent of them Mm. and you know what I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up for being so lazy today because you know what? Tomorrow I might have an epic day where I smash everything and all the list gets ticked off. So just being a little bit kinder Mm. without sounding too much like a hippie. um, It's like being kinder to yourself by recognising and being aware of your own personal limits. Yeah, Sophie's very good at that. She's taught me a lot about this whole the boundaries thing because I think... It's it, as you say. It's not about conserving or, or putting a lid on it. It's not like holding back. It's just making sure that you're aware that mm. you're coming close to the edge and actually give yourself a little bit of you time, a bit of self love. 
go and have a facial or something like that. Sophie loves a facial. Um, <laughs> What's your thing? An, an, one with lots of oil. <laughs> facial oil. Victoria's always laughing because when we go on, we've been on so many trips together and I love oils. <laughs> so I, I am quite scrappy and I'm often no shoes and covered in dirt, but I do love me an oil. Yeah, good and whenever, for you. Whenever we're on trips, Victoria's laughing at like my cosmetic section because there's like the face oil and body oil, eye oil, hair oil. <laughs> and one, oil. And, and one's usually leaked everywhere. <laughs> All over good. her stuff <laughs> her clothes and her stuff um, but yeah no t- I, I do love a facial and an oil it's a little thing it's yeah, little moments little to make things. you feel good I think it's so so important and, and if you don't schedule schedule these little things into your life no one else is going to do it well, for you ha- it's so true that is so true that you you have to be you have to govern that and mm. make sure that you're on it and also I guess you're lucky that you've got that friendship where you can give each other a nudge mm. on that one as well and be and that's a true friendship where you can be totally honest and actually yeah. say probably what the other person doesn't want to hear and mm. say you're going too fast or you're doing too much I think this and how do you receive that information once it's given are you pretty good at going okay I'm going to listen to you actually yeah I I feel like I am good at listening to that because you know when you have a friendship or a relationship with someone that's like on this other kind of level you're vibrating on another level and you're really close and there's a special bond you know they've got your best interests and it's not just some sort of flippant advice which sometimes when you know you listen to you're like that's not what I need to hear actually like you were saying about last year um you know this person knows you inside out and what makes you and you know that they've got your best interests so it's good to hear that stuff and for someone like myself and Victoria because we're quite similar like we're always sort of fizzing and rushing around and mm. want to do everything mm. and we're very overexcited and have a lot of energy we're sort of like two puppies really <laughs> or two tigers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ligers <laughs> um, so actually it's quite important for me because I will often take myself past the edge and past that line and it's very um, useful and sort of almost critical and important moments that I hear that advice because otherwise I'll maybe feel rotten because I've overdone it and I don't want to feel that way and you don't want to mm. feel that way because it feels pants <laughs> and you've as you we both we sort of all discussed you've both been through um times that you've struggled and times that have been difficult and I think what we often forget is actually it affects everybody around us and I'm not saying that to lay guilt on top of it because mm. I've been in that position so many times but it is hard for the people around you. So how have you individually dealt with that when you've seen the other one suffering or the other one in a, in a weak mm. spot? It's so, obviously it's incredibly sad and you don't want anyone you love or just anyone to feel that horrendous. It's, um, it's, it's truly awful. And when you're the person suffering it, yes, as you said, Victoria, it's a very lonely place. But I think the best thing as a friend or family member is like showing how much you love them um, and it's being that person there who's there to listen and I think often when you feel that way you're scared of really divulging everything that's going on in your head how you feel but you need to be able to let go because that is cathartic and I think talking is a great process whether that's with a friend or a professional even um, but as a friend sort of like being there knowing A I love you I love you no matter what I love you warts and all inside out and what you're feeling is normal mm. so many people feel this way it is mm. absolutely normal as heck um, so don't feel alone in that respect I felt this way you felt this way millions and millions of people have um, and you will be okay so many people adore you and love you but also here's some advice as the person who loves you that might be worthwhile um, 
But I think being that supportive network around them is so critical in those times. And with the people you love, you know, I would do anything for them. And I just hope that they understand that I would be there for them. And then it's just theirs. It's just being there for mm. them and being, it's not just that shoulder to cry on. It's like being, you know, more than that in that mm. respect. It's like a shoulder, your heart, your love. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's something that is useful in those moments. With mm. that, well, it obviously has been because you've got such a wonderful friendship. She, but she is the same with me. Like when I've, well, I felt rotten as heck at the end of last year, and then we went to Cornwall and had a trip together. And I'll, <laughs> I love it when we go on trips together because we'll get to a hotel and I'll strip off completely <laughs> naked straight away. Put the oil on, always. Put the oil on. Get in the bath, bath oil. <laughs> um, it makes me feel so good when you get to like hang out with your best mate and just like have a laugh and chat yeah have those cathartic talks and be able to say what you truly feel without feeling oh i shouldn't really say mm. that or oh, mm. this sounds kind of gnarly or oh, this sounds a bit nuts no it doesn't actually yeah. it doesn't sound nuts it's totally normal mm. um say what you want cry snot all over me it doesn't matter i'm here for that <laughs> you're here for all the snot <laughs> yeah all the snot there isn't anything i wouldn't speak to you about yeah. like I don't feel that with with Sophie in our relationship, there is nothing that I would feel would be off limits. Like I know she, it would be non-judgmental. I'm honest and it comes from a good place. So I think you should accept anything that came out of my gob, to be honest, and be like, that is good. That is not good. Yeah. You need to do this. Maybe change your mind about that. Mm. But I know that there would never be any, any judgment. So it's a really open, nice, open friendship situation that means that I feel 100% supported because there's nothing I would hide like I'm honest mm. I've always been honest anyway but with Sophie I can be 100% honest I mean some of our conversations would probably shock <laughs> sharing lingerie recommendations on the way to this why podcast not? <laughs> why not I was like ooh you need a bit of this <laughs> but it's so wonderful because I think in um in a society today where we all regard being popular as something special or meaningful, actually, that is such a load of shit. And it's yeah. about having a few or one really decent mate mm -hmm. where there's that connection mm -hmm. and there's that honesty and there's mm -hmm. a set of listening ears. That's more important than anything. I don't think, you know, with the, what we're expecting of ourselves in this day and age in terms of the way we look, what we do professionally, our social lives, our health, our well-being, there's so much that we're expected or it's perceived to be expected that we need to do or we should, 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 could, would, but yeah. um, there's so much pressure to exist in this perfect world. Whereas, to be honest, most of it's a bunch of bloopers, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly. And I don't know why we're so afraid of just expressing how it, how it is. And mm. to be honest, you haven't got time to cultivate those genuine, deep, beautiful relationships with thousands and thousands of people. No. I'd much rather have a few really good, close friendships and know that I can I, I have the ability to be there for those people as they have the ability to be there for me having that network knowing it's it's always going to be there in the background if you need it is a huge reassurance for me and a huge um gift in yeah. many ways some people 
might think, oh, you know, there are people who feel like maybe, oh, I don't have any friends actually. But I think in those situations, it's where maybe you're like, oh, maybe I'll go join a run club or do something that I love to do. And it's such a great way to meet people and make new friendships. And it's never too late to make amazing new friends. I've made some incredible friends as a woman now in my 30s. Um, And I love that, say, my friendship with Victoria reminds me of like my best friendships when I was like a kid. (laughs) Out in Greece, and that's what we're like together, like two little adventure scouts. Although we do polish up sometimes. I mean, you you rock a tux um. and a dress, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's never too late to make incredible friendships. Mm. Um, so whatever it is you love to do, like going for a run, chess club, netball. People are doing that a lot now again, aren't mm. they? Bit of um, netball, bit of netball. Um, but I just think you know maybe put yourself into those situations because you'll be surprised you'll meet people who are possibly on the same wavelength as you um which is a brilliant thing to come across Mm, without a doubt be a bit scared and get some new friends i would say uh well not new ones just like more (laughs) (laughs) get rid of your old friends get some new good ones um sophie and victoria thank you so much for your honesty um and your time and um just lovely to to hear firsthand what your friendship is all about and and how important that is so thank you so much thank you so much thank Thank you and let's go on a trip with Wim Hof and jump in a bucket of ice (laughs) (laughs) so what have I got myself into there possibly a really wonderful time with two excellent humans let's see I've got to stick to it now I've said it eh a massive thank you again to Victoria and Sophie I guess I'll be seeing them very soon. So look, that's it. I can't believe it, but that's the end of season three of Happy Place. Honestly, thank you so much for all of the amazing feedback. I really enjoy each week having a look on Instagram and Twitter and all the comments pages as to what you thought of the episodes. It really means a lot. Thank you so much. And we've had over 10 million listens now, which is just mind-blowing. When we next meet, I'll be sharing some of the wonderful chats I've had live at the Happy Place Festival. If you're new to the show, hit subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on your Google Home or Alexa device. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks to Victoria and Sophie, to the producer, Mr. Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, and to you for listening. I'll see you in the autumn. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,